Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast weekly sermon podcast. We want you to know that we're excited about our brand new church facility located on 1331 Cove Road in New Bedford, Massachusetts. We offer two Sunday morning services with something for everyone. We have kids classes for all ages so parents can enjoy the service while the kids learn about Jesus. We'd love to host you in person, 9.30 or 11.30 every Sunday. Now here's Pastor Marco with another encouraging word. Glad you made it. If you have your Bibles, our Bible reading is going to come from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Last couple of weeks, we've been talking about training camp. The fact that God gave you salvation, he says, now you got to work it out. You got to work out. You need to get in shape. You need to learn the playbook. And also, you need to develop team chemistry so that you can really become useful and effective in his team. Tell your neighbor you are part of God's team. So get in shape. Learn the playbook. But then develop team chemistry. Because there's no I in team. Team is God's will for our lives. So Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning with verse 9. Everybody awake? Says this. It says two people are better than... uh, We're going to do this together. Two people are better than... For they can help each other. Y'all didn't take catechism? You got to do better than that. Come on. Let's try this again. Two people are better than, for they can help each other. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. I am channeling my inner Catholic. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can, warm, well, how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braid cord is not easily broken. It's important to understand that God created us to do life together. Life is a team sport. None of us was created to do it alone. Even if you find yourself in a deserted island, you need a Wilson. You need somebody in your life. See, I'm always referring to these great movies that you guys are not watching. Castaway, anyone? Okay. But I love sports. It's one of my favorite things in life. I love playing and I love watching. I played sports my entire life. You know, I might pull an Uncle Rico right now and tell you a few stories of the golden days of playing sports. But sports to me has brought so much to my life, so many valuable lessons. And I know sometimes for some of you guys that are not into sports, I may bore you with my sports analogies, but go with me here for a second, just one more week, and maybe we'll move on from sports. But I, but I played on some great teams, and I played on not so great teams. And the difference usually comes down to chemistry. You can have a team with a lot of great players, but if they don't have chemistry, it doesn't go far. And I've been on teams with great players, we just didn't have the chemistry 
because they didn't buy into the team, they bought into themselves. Right? But my friends, life is a team sport. That if I just go at it thinking about myself, I might miss majority of what God wants to do in my life, but also through me. Can you say amen? When you read the Bible, you find, that you find very quickly that God is into teams. Matter of fact, God is a team. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? The word Trinity is a team. Right? The Father says that, that he has a plan, but he won't execute his plan without the Son. And the Son says, I'm willing to do my part, but I can't do it without the Spirit. And the Spirit says, I only do what the Father tells the Son to do. Right? It's a team. They, they work together. You will never find them isolated from each other because they know we're better together. In the beginning, the Bible says that God created the universe and then he created man. And he, says, he said, let us create man in our image and likeness. Us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let's create them in a way that they reflect who we are. And that's why right in the beginning when God created Adam, he said, wait, it's not good for men to be alone. He needs a team. He says, I need to create an Eve so they can partner together, so they can build this thing together, so they can actually fulfill their destiny together. And so when God created Adam and Eve, he created the first family. And family is meant to be a team. I don't know how you approach it, your family life, but I'm always trying to teach our kids that we are a team. Mom and dad and you guys, we're all a team. And as you guys know, we have a starting five. And we'll go against any other starting five. So let's just get together. We'll, we'll see what we got. Okay. But it's all about a team because we're better together. And then if you keep reading the Bible, how does God begin to process the plan for humanity through a team? He says, I'm going to take a small tribe and I'm going to develop them into my family. And then through them, I'm going to bless the entire world. Right? Every time you see God operate is always through a team. He may call one person, but he's calling that person to be part of a team or to develop a team for them to be able to accomplish things they won't be able to do on their own. That's why we have the tribes of Israel. Twelve tribes becomes God's team on earth to reach the world. When Jesus comes on the scene, what's the first thing that he does? He develops a team. He picks 12 guys and he says, hey, together we're going to walk these streets and we're going to convey and portray the gospel and we're going to reach more and more people. And then when he leaves, what does he say? He said, don't leave Jerusalem until I send the Holy Spirit, which is another teammate, right, to come and empower you now to go out. And he says, when you go out, what are you going to do? You're going to develop teams called churches. Churches are teams, Right? If you keep reading, it says church is basically a body, one body with many parts that performs one thing, honor God and bless people, right? That's the whole purpose of why we're here this morning. We're not here just for me, myself, and I. We're here to say, God, what is my role in the bigger picture? Why did you bring me to this particular team? Now, the struggle is this. This is where it gets really interesting is that the Bible, the entire thing was written from an Eastern mindset. Eastern philosophy of life is, life is about community. Now, we live in the Western part of the world where it's about me. We do a lot of self-talk. The West does a lot of meat talk. The East does a lot of wheat talk. So the struggle that we have in the West is if we're going to buy into God's plan for our lives, we're going to have to let go of the me and embrace the we. 
right, if we're really going to see the fullness of God's will, it's got to be more about we than it is about me because there's no I in team. This is a team effort. God created us to work together as a team. And one of the struggles is, can I, can I surrender my me in order to embrace the we? Come on, talk to me. Because that's God's plan. He says, man, my church, my people are meant to reflect who I am together. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says this about the team, the church. Look what he says. Look, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. It says, together we are the house, not the building, the people. The building just houses the people to do the will of God. Can you say amen? So all of us, my friends, and I know we all come into this place with our own agenda, and that's okay. We all come for different reasons. We all come because of different situations and circumstances. But once you're in, and once you understand that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life, you got to come for more than just what you came for in the first place. Now you got to align yourself with why is God brought me here in the first place. God always has something deeper. God always has something deeper than yourself. Because just think about it, right? If it was just about you, it's boring. And it's small, right? But when it's about us, then it's big and expensive, right? And there's a legacy that we can develop, right? If this thing was just about us, I'm telling you, it wouldn't last. If this thing was just about them, we wouldn't be talking about them 2,000 years later. It's all about us and see what God can do through us. That's why I don't know if you notice the prayer we pray every week. God, work in me and then work through me. Like, it's not just about me, right? The most detrimental thing that can happen to any church is when people come into it and they don't move on from just themselves. You know, they just come, here's what I'm looking for in a church. Well, guess what? You're never going to see it because you're in the way. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me today. You're not going to see it. Why do we sing the song, Greater Things Are Yet to Come in the City? Because I believe God brought us together for more than just us. He brought us for the city, for this region to see the will of God. Now, what makes a great team, my friends, is chemistry. Chemistry is critical. Chemistry is what separates an average team from a great team. And I'm talking about every area of life now. Chemistry is what separates an average marriage from a great marriage. Chemistry is what separates an average business from a great business. Chemistry is what separates an average friendship from a great friendship. And chemistry is what separates an average church from a great church. Can you say amen? Here's the definition of chemistry. This is what the chemistry means. It's the complex emotional or psychological interaction between two or more people. It, it's not easy to have chemistry. Right? Sometimes we've tried to connect with people and it's just not there. You ever tried? And you're like, man, I've tried I've really, really tried, but Sally, I hope there's no Sally's in the house. I'm trying to find names that, it's just something about Sally that just, she says all the right things, but we just can't connect. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like this just chemistry is so critical, but God brings us together in order to accomplish things that we can't do on our own. See, the local church is powerful when it's about God 
and his purpose, not me telling God what to do. I was at the prison ministry yesterday, and I was telling the guys, I said, you know, you've crossed over from really having a real relationship with God when you stop telling God what to do. Because we've all been there. God, if you just do this. You know, you ever pray that prayer? If I w- God, if I win the lottery, <laughs> the first thing I'm going to do. How many know we're lying? How many know we don't care about God? All we're thinking about ourselves. I said, until you cross over and say, God, what do you want to do in my life? God says, now we can go somewhere. Now I, I, I can do some things with you and through you. Can you say amen? It's impossible to accomplish the things we want to see without we. And we wouldn't be here in this place if it wasn't for we. This has been a we effort all the way through. This has never been about one person or two people. This is about us. Can you say amen? But here's the thing, my friends. Write this down. Not all teams are created equal. Not all teams are created equal. And that's the reality with churches. Okay. I'm going to focus on churches, but this applies to marriages and friendships and businesses, and you can apply it to every area of life. Not all teams are created equal. That's an honest fact. If it was so, wouldn't you want every NFL team would want to be like the Patriots? But they hate us, can't they? Ain't us. Come on, if you're a Patriots fan, make some noise in this place. If you're... <laughs> There's just a unique DNA to the Patriots, man. I mean, I don't care what you say, right? 15 years of winning consistently, that is because not all teams are created equal, right? Every team, my friends, has a unique DNA. Every church has a unique DNA. If you look at the New Testament churches, each church has a, has a unique DNA. Paul doesn't talk to the church in the, in the city of Corinth, the same way he talks to the church in Galatia or, or the church in Philippi, because they all have a unique DNA. See, the, the thing is, a lot of times you hear people say, you know, all churches should be the same. Yeah, the same in the fact that we belong to God, but God says, each family, I give a specific DNA and a specific grace to do the things I've called them to do. That's why it's important that I need to ask the question, God, why do you have me in this particular team? In order to achieve greatness, we must be on the same page. It's impossible to achieve the things of God if we're not on the same page. So this is an important question that I want all of us to wrestle with. I think it's important. I think once in a while we need to take an inventory of our hearts and our minds. And I want you to ask these two questions right here. Why this particular church? There's so many churches in the city and in the south coast. Why do you think you are here? I think that's a question worth wrestling with. And, and what is my role in this team? This is what training camp is all about, isn't it? This is what all the teams are doing right now. Every single team is, ask, is asking these three questions. Why should we keep you on this team? Because there will be cuts. Right? And then they're asking, them, what role do you play in this team? Right? Like no NFL team is keeping a guy just because he's cute. Like no NFL team is keeping a guy because... He's a good guy. They're keeping him because he plays a specific role on the team. My friends, I don't know where in history we, we, we bought this idea that we go to church to sit. I don't know where that happened. I don't know where the disconnect happened between what God says and what we've made it. Like, like can you imagine, like, the God is the head coach of the team, 
and he calls you over and he's like, hey, what's your assignment today? It's to sit, coach. My assignment is to sit. That makes absolutely no sense. Like, I don't know where in the world this became church. Like, I don't know where. Like, I, don't, I, I read this thing, and I've read it, all of it, and I've never seen it. And I've never seen it that I'm supposed to find a church that pleases all my fences. I, I don't know where this happened. I don't know where we made it about us. And we wonder why churches are so weak. And churches don't accomplish anything. We keep doing car washes to try to raise a million dollars. My friends, we got a problem in the church. And I'm talking about capital C church, not just this church, where people are not asking, why, God, did you send me to that particular place? It's funny. I've been here for five years. So many people don't ask this question, and then they get in the way of what we're trying to do. If you don't ask why you're here, sooner or later, it's going to come against what you believe. And something's got to give. And usually here's what gives in the church. People say, God's calling me to somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, to go sit somewhere else. That's what God's calling you. It's funny to me. Every time someone comes against a certain conviction, all of a sudden, God called me somewhere else. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me, but I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to be real. Okay, just going to be honest. I, I'm blown away by this because when I read this, they didn't have that luxury. There was no church down the street. It's like you leave the church, you left everything. In the middle of persecution, where are you going to go? I, I'm telling you, we need a little persecution in America so we can still figure out, wait, why am I here and what is my role so I can really play a role in the, in the church of God and stop playing games and stop playing church hopping like I'm a bunny and start getting involved in the church. I'm telling you, this is what's lacking from churches. No backbone, no convictions, no reason for why we exist. I read something that really messed with me this week. It said this, if your church cease to exist, would the community notice? My friends, that's a serious question. That's what I'm challenging our people in Fall River with. If this place ceased to exist, would the community even know? But I'm confident because of the work we've done in the city, the community would know. So we need to do some groundwork here. I want all of you. I don't mean the person next to you because sometimes we're like, I wish someone-so was here. No, you're here. I don't want you to wrestle with these two questions. Why this particular church? And what is my role? It's not to sit. I don't know everything about God, but I know this. He didn't call you here to sit. He's got a role for you to play. And it may not be what you want it to be, but you got to start somewhere. When Brady got drafted, he was the last draft pick, but he worked his butt off, and he says, I'm going to be ready. When my opportunity comes, I'm going to be ready. And when he came, man, he took it, and he ran with it. And if Brady can do that for football, I want to do that for the game of life. I want to be ready. It gets to a place, my friends, I got to get, listen, if I'm serious about Jesus, I got to get beyond my personal needs, personal preferences, and ask, why, God, why did you send me here? Stop with the nonsense of 
you know, I'm offended, all that stuff. That's, that's what little kids say in the playground. You know, I'm your friend anymore. Seeing adults do that with church. Not your friend anymore. It's like, come on, when are we going to grow up a little bit? And start saying, oh, I'm, I'm a child of God, and so are you, and we got a work to do, and we can't be waiting and, and concerned with little things and who is who, and who's that, who's closer, who's this. Like, we got to stop. I was in Fort River on Wednesday, and I told him straight up, like, listen, I'm not that guy. I want to say this right off the bat. I don't have time for church politics. I don't have time for who's closer to the pastor, who's more spiritual, who's this, who's that. It's like, no, who's here to work? Who's here to see the will of God? Who's here to see the purpose of God? My friends, we are called to belong together, not just believe. Anyone can believe. It's about belonging. If a team doesn't believe and belong together, they don't accomplish jack. They don't get nothing done. That's why I love the Patriots. There's a philosophy. There is a way that they go about it. And you may not like it. That's the thing. We're not in junior high anymore. We're not here to be liked. We're here to be effective. We're here to be useful. We're here to do something that makes a difference in this world. Oh, gosh, you should say amen to that. You should be excited about that. We got adults still acting like we're in junior high. Won't do anything because someone criticized me. Someone called me out. It's like, come on. And the funny thing is, these are the ones who call themselves mature Christians because they know the Bible. You read the Bible, but you, you can't take any criticism. You can't take any correction. You can't take anything that's going to build you up and make you a better person. If you can't do that, then why? My friends, we're called to belong, and I just believe. Romans 12, what Paul says. I love this. Paul says, in this way, we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the, not the other way around. The, the body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body. We find meaning and function as part of his body. Not the outside looking in. Can you imagine how weird your body would have been if your arm starts saying, no, I'm going to go this way. And your legs like, no, I'm going this way. And your, and your organs are like, no, I'm offended. <laughs> we, 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 we would be worried about you. Right? We would say something's wrong with you. Right? My friends, we got to think bigger and see the will of God over our lives. We need we need not just team, we need chemistry. Just because we're in this building doesn't mean we're on the same team. It's chemistry that puts us on the same team. So today, how do we develop team chemistry is what's important. This is what I want to talk about. Number one, if you're taking notes, team chemistry happens when we have one common mission and vision. That's what makes a team great. When there is one common mission and one vision. I love that about the Patriots because anytime someone tries to raise themselves above the team, they get cut. We don't have that luxury in the church. <laughs> we just hope they get offended and leave. 
You guys got to have a sense of humor. Come on. But my friends, this is important. Why? Because the definition of division is when you have more than one vision. You need to have one vision and one focus and one mission so we can win together and see the will of God together. Right? For us, this is very simple and complex at the same time. For us, what we believe God has called us to do is to establish a new normal in our region. You will hear us talk about that over and over and over again. What's a new normal? Is that those who belong to Jesus are new. The old is gone. The new has come. And we're trying to live our lives now according to God's will. Which means if I'm going to be part of the new normal, then I got to embrace what's new and let go of what's old. Right? I can't be living with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. I got to make up my mind that I'm going to submit everything I am and, and what I'm trying to do with the newness of life. Which means my marriage is new. My children are new. My finances are new. My responsibilities are new. My business, everything becomes new when I'm under the umbrella of Jesus. And if you've experienced this new normal, can you give Jesus some praise this morning because you know what I'm talking about. The other one sounds simple, but it's not. Our mission and vision is to be a church for the unchurched. I am so convicted by this personally because I grew up going to church and it's so easy for church people to make church about themselves and not think about those who are outside of the church. There are so many churches in the city who will never see one visitor because they don't make church about unchurched people. It's all about them. You know, you ever heard the, the, the saying, if, they, if you build it, they will come? That's a false statement. If you don't invite them, they won't come. If you don't reach them, they won't come. If you don't go after them, they won't come. And so, my friends, what a shame to be a church that is just reaching people that are already in church. Like, what would be the point of that? That, to me, is the most boring thing in the world. That's why I said yes to Fall River. I want more challenges. I want more adventures. I want to see more people come to know Jesus Christ. That's what excites me about church. And that's why a lot of people can't fit in this church, in this team, because they don't think about that. They don't care about that. All they care about is me. Like, what can I get? You know, our great president said once, right, well, ask not what the church can do for you. Ask what you can do for the church. Well, he said that about the country, but you know. My friends, this is, to me, this is where the excitement is. Because think about it, right? How many more Bible verses can you know? <laughs> How many conferences can you go to? How many more worship songs can you listen to? That gets boring if you're not reaching anybody else, if you're not helping anybody else. If you're not helping another person become the new normal, then it's boring. I've been mentoring a guy for three months now, every single week for an hour, I spend time with him, and I'm seeing his progression. And, man, that blesses me more than anything else. I'd rather do that than spend time with a guy who already knows the Bible, and he's just here to, to criticize me and see me, how well do I preach the Bible? But it's like, I'm concerned with how well do you live the Bible? I want to, I told someone yesterday, I don't want to be the best preacher. I want to be the most obedient. Because you can be the best preacher and I'll be obedient. You can know the Bible but not do anything with it. My friends, this is our mission and our vision. This is what we're pushing for. It's what I want to die for. I don't want to die for something less than this. I'm telling you, I don't want to die for something less than this. I want to die that I gave my life trying to reach people who are far away from Jesus. 
Jesus said, I didn't come to coddle insiders. I came to invite outsiders into his will, into his purpose. And so if I'm the church, this is what all of us should be thinking about. If this is not what excites you, you might be in the wrong church. I'm telling you, we have to be honest about this stuff. You might be in the wrong place. Right? If this doesn't put any excitement in you, maybe, maybe this is not the team. Maybe you're called to play for the Buffalo Bills. I don't know. But you have to figure out. Number two, my friends, is unity, not uniformity. A lot of people get unity wrong. A lot of times people say, let's get together because it's unity. It's like getting together is not unity. Unity is when we have the same focus. My kids go to a school where they wear uniforms. Doesn't mean they're united. They just wear uniforms. Right? You work with people, same building, same focus, but you guys are not united. Unity is when I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you wear or don't wear. I care what's in your heart, and I care that we want to accomplish the same things. That's what unity is. We don't even have to be best friends to be united. Right? We don't have to be best friends to be united. You know, because some people are like, I want a church. This is like a few of us. It's like, well, yeah, that's a bar. A few of you. United around one mission. Let's get drunk. That's the mission. Right? No, unity is when I say, no, I, I have a role to play. God has called me. I want to do my part. I know you're doing your part. So I high-five you. You high-five me. I believe in you. You believe in me. And together we're going to see what God wants to do. <laughs> Unity is when we say we as opposed to I. Unity is when there's an outreach going on. You don't go, hey, that church put on an outreach. You say we are putting on an outreach. Unity is pastor is going to Fall River. No, it's like our pastor is going to Fall River and I'm with him. Even I may not go, but I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm going to give, I'm going to get the word out, I'm going to tell people. That's, that's unity. That's what unity is. It's when I want the same things you want. Number three, it takes ownership. It takes ownership. All right? You don't say we if you don't own it, if you're not invested. Nothing says what you care about the most, what you invest in. And the Bible is so clear on that. Jesus talks about this over and over again, that his people, they give their time, their talent, and their treasure to see the will of God. You know, I've joked about this many times. People say they care about a lot of things, but it's like, how come your time, your talent, and your treasure doesn't reflect what you care about? If you care about something, you spend time with it. If you care about something... You spend your talent on it. If you care about something, you spend your treasure on it. If you really want to know what someone cares about, look at their bank statement every Friday. You see, man, you, you love Dunkin' Donuts. Like, you should be an owner, a part owner. Man, you love Starbucks. Man, you spend, you don't, the time that it takes in line waiting, you don't care about it because you care about it. You're like, man, if I get a job here, I would. And I might invest some stocks in it because I care about it. My friends, that's what it means to be part of a local church team. I give my time. I give my talent. I give my treasure. I join the mission. I don't just, I'm not on the outside looking in. 
Today's one of those days I'm feeling good. <laughs> we got way too many people talk a good game, but they don't play. They don't play. And, and, and you, if you play sports like I did, you always have that guy on the sideline telling you everything that you should be doing, but they never played. Right? You ever, you ever pick? If you want to laugh, listen to sports radio. I sports radio is a comic relief for me, especially after the Patriots play and they lose. Put it on Monday, you'll hear it. Oh, these guys know what Brady should have done. They know what the offense should have done. They know what the defense should have done. And then you look at the resume, you're like, bro, you never played. Madden doesn't qualify. <laughs> That's the same thing with church. People don't play. But they, man, they know everything. And here's my favorite one. Pastor, you know what's wrong with the church. I'm like, wait, you only want to saw one thing? There's about 500 things wrong with the church. We're trying to find people who want to work on this stuff. Not just point it out. You know what's wrong with New Bedford? Yeah, you. <laughs> you. Four, it takes this. I promote the well-being of my team. I promote it. I love it. I become a billboard for it. It's my church. It's my team. You will never see Brady post about other teams. He's always posting about his team and what they're going to do. And it blows my mind sometimes as Christians. With so much going on in their neck of the woods, they'll, they'll post about other things going on all over the world. But it's like, what about your team? You, Stephen Furtick is not your pastor. Michael Todd's not your pastor. What about your team? How would your neighbor know there's something going on in your neck of the woods when you keep talking about North Carolina and Texas and all this stuff? What about your team right here in this place? No, when I play for my team, it's my team. Like, I rave about this place. I love this place. I love what God's doing here. Like, my posts, this is why I have social media. It's to promote this thing. Like, I'm boring. I want to promote something bigger than me. I want the world to know, like, look what's happening in New Bedford. When you talk bad about New Bedford, I want to talk about good about what's going on in New Bedford. Here's another one. I don't just promote the well-being. I defend the integrity of my team. This is where you know someone's with you. People talking bad about the church and you're, eh, eh, I know, eh. So that means you don't play. You don't play. Because when you're giving your heart and your sweat and your money and your sacrifice, you're like, man, I don't care what you have to say. I know what we're doing. I know what we're all about. I know what we're saying. I know what we stand for. <laughs> Telling you, that's what you know, the difference between someone who goes to a building and someone who is invested. Right? Because I don't know about you guys. I don't want to be the guy that got caught talking bad about Jesus' wife. He called the church the bride. I don't know about you guys. I could be fighting with my wife. And you try to butt in, we're turning on you. <laughs> we're a team. We'll turn on you, then we'll go back to fighting. <laughs> but we got to deal with you first because you don't belong here. My friends, when are we going to stand up for the church of Jesus Christ?
when, when are we going to be in? I say, no, that's, that's the bride. I'm not going to sit here and take it. I'm not going to sit here and agree with you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I'm going to stand with the church of Jesus Christ. Come hell or high water, I'm in. I am part of the church. So guess what? You're talking bad about me too. Because I'm in there. I'm giving my life to this thing. I know it's not perfect, but I, I'm not perfect. That's why I'm in this thing. Come on, church. We got to raise up and be God's people. And if I'm going to promote the well-being, I'm a recruiter for the church. It's like, man, there's something good happening here. You should come too. Like, there's always room for one more in this house. Can you say amen? And then number five, my friends, I keep the bigger picture. No, number five, you're missing one. You guys don't have it, but we're a team. So... So, we'll talk about that after, but right now, <laughs> number five is supposed to be, if you're taking notes, I keep the bigger picture in mind. So take this off. Yeah, go, good job. Uh, they're like, go to commercial. Cut the commercial. I keep, I keep the bigger picture in mind. Here's why this is so important. I am not the picture. I am part of the picture. Please understand this. I am not the picture. I am part of the picture. I am not the puzzle. I am a piece of the puzzle. I am not it. I am part of it. I am not the team. I am part of the team. Are you, are you tracking with me? It's not about me. Tell your neighbor right now, it's not about you. You're great and all, but it's not about you. I'm just a piece of the bigger thing. That's why I don't feel like this crazy stress about going to forever. I'm just a piece of the bigger picture. If all of us are playing our role, then no one should feel stress. The problem is, here's the reality of most companies and churches and businesses. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That's a given fact. Where you work right now, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And we need to reverse that in the church. We need to have 80% of the people doing 100% of the work so none of us feels like something is missing. When I am only a piece, then here's what happens. My, my, my mindset shifts. My win is your win. When I'm losing, we're losing. Why do we always throw up the prayer request to say, hey, we're all praying for you. We're all in this with you. Why do we tell you to join a crew? Because you're not alone. Why do we tell you to join a mission? Because you, you have a role to play. So anytime you're not doing these things, you're saying, oh, I'm over here. You guys are over there. We're all in this together, my friends. My problem becomes your problem. Like, to see a city change... That takes a lot of people who say, man, I'm all in, God. What do you want to do with my city? I live here. My kids live here. So I don't want to be the guy who just kept pointing out the problems of the city. I want to be the guy that says, God, how can I be a help? How can I help change the thing? Because this city, at one point, history, was one of the wealthiest cities in the world. 
if, if it was done before, I believe it could be done again. I believe we can see it again. So let me end. As usual, I always have action steps because we need to take action. We can't just hear the word. We need to do it. So here are today's action steps. Number one, I want you to seriously pray about this question. Is this truly my team? Like I'm dead serious about this. So serious, I'm going to stand up. I want you to really pray, is this my team? Now, I'm not talking about you if you, this is your first time here because it might take you some time. But some of you, you've been here long enough to know. Like, if you're not going to marry someone after a while, then you shouldn't marry them, period. Because you already know what you need to know. Right? So I think this is important. And if you say, you know what, I prayed about it, it's not my team, then move on. Find a place that you're actually going to invest, that you're going to give, you're going to serve, you're going to go all out. And you're going to say, when, when, you're all, when, when your life is over, you can say, God, I went all in. I went all in with your team. I gave everything I got. If there's a football God, Brady is going to hear, well done. But there's a Christian God who says, I want to I be able to tell you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. So pray. I really honestly want you to pray about that. I'm probably one of the few pastors that would say straight up, maybe that's, that's not a place for you. Because I would hate for you to be where you're not f- reaching your full potential. And I would hate for you to get in the way of what we're trying to do. So it's a win-win for both of us to be where God wants you to be. Can you say amen? Number two is this. Some of you, you're ready to join the mission. And that's coming up next Wednesday. It's that time. You've come. You know this is a place that you've grown. Your family's growing. Now it's like, hey, I need to, I need to join. I need to play my role. I, I need my assignment. I need to know this is where I play. This is where I give. This is where I sweat. This is where I help this thing move forward. So for some of you, I believe that's your next step. And you know who you are. That's the beauty about God's word. He knows what each one of us need to do. Right? And then number three, for some of you, is just joining a crew. Because you've come, you're here, you're growing. But guess what? You can expand your understanding more when you are with a crew of people who are praying who are reading the Bible, who are keeping each other accountable, who are helping each other grow in their walk. So my friends, all of us have something to do today. This is not for some of us. All of us need to figure out, God, what is my next step? What do you have for me? Because I heard a great story this week. My mother-in-law was telling me about Lindsay's grandmother who lives not around here, in a different state who says, I feel connected to that church. I don't live in New Bedford, but I feel connected. That's my church. And you know what she does? She's, where does she live again? Can you tell me? Where she-, she lives in Richmond, Virginia, and she sends a tide from Richmond, Virginia to New Bedford, Massachusetts because she says, that's my church. Eighty-three years old, struggling physically, but not in doubt spiritually. That I don't have to be there to be connected. And so many of us come here week after week, but we don't tithe. We says that I'm not part of that thing. I go to it, I enjoy it, but I'm not really in it. 
And I'm like, man, what a great story. I'm so glad they told me that this week as I'm preparing this. And I told them there's always a message somewhere. My friends, are we going to be serious about God's church? Because he's serious about us. He calls it his bride. He calls it his bride. Jesus loves the church. But all of us have a role to play in it. And today, I believe we need to take some steps in seeing God's will in our lives. Can you say amen? Would you stand with me as we pray this morning? I want you to pray, God, is this, is this my team? Is this my tribe? Is this where you have me? Is this where I belong? And if God says yes, then, then get in. Get in the game. We have a thing we say to each other. Pull me in, coach. I want to play. I want to play. I want to do something. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, come and have your way. Holy Spirit, I believe you've spoken. I pray now just confirm it and speak to every single one of us. I pray each one of us is going to dig deep and take ownership and say, Lord, have your way. Not just in me, but have your way through me. I want to be a part of the bigger picture called your church. And I pray in Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Amen. Come on, let's, let's lift up the Lord. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, please share it with another person. And for more information, visit our website, newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.